Welcome everyone to today's class. Does anyone have any questions from last week's class or previous classes? No? Okay, good. So on chapter 15 of this book, Vedanta Treaties, uh, the state of self-realization. And just go over briefly what we discussed last week. It's quite a deep uh, chapter, this. Um, does need a little bit of thinking. We said, we as humans all go through three states of consciousness. What are those three states of consciousness? What are those three shapes, states of consciousness? Magna? Waking, dreaming, deep sleep. Waking, dreaming, deep sleep. Right now we are in the? Waking. 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 Hopefully. Hopefully we're all in the waking world. We are all the waker, experiencing the waking world. Remember, we are the waker, experiencing the waking world. Tonight, we'll go to the dream state experience the dream world and thereafter in a deep sleep state experiencing nothing there's no mind no intellect so you experience nothing beyond the body mind and intellect beyond the three states of consciousness lies the fourth state the state that you are not aware of the state of self-realization state where you become one with your true self. So we're discussing the state of self-realization in this chapter. Now we said, just as the dreamer cannot understand what the waking state can be like, we as a waker cannot understand what the fourth state is like. Does that make sense? When you're dreaming, the dream world, you have no awareness of the waking world. You're not aware of it. Someone comes into you in a dream and tells you, hey, what are you doing? You're not this person. This is just a dream. You cannot understand that. Similarly, we can't understand the fourth state. However, in this chapter, it gives us some idea what this state is, what the state can be like. It's not an exact description, but it explains this. So you just got to take it as a inspiration, what a perfect human being might be like. This information comes from people who have reached that state. It gives you something to aspire to, to compare your personality with this ultimate personality. Does that make sense?
Any questions? So who is, yeah, Neelam, please. Um, so whilst we're in like this incarnation, can you, can a human being totally merge with the self? Because I, from, from what we've talked about, I would have thought that if we're still alive, there are still some vasanas. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is your question? Clarify. I know what you're asking, but clarify for the group. I think part of me is thinking, actually, is there such thing as the perfect, whilst we're in our human incarnation, is there such thing as a perfect human being? Is there such a thing as a perfect human being? So when you become one with this fourth state, one with the Brahman, one with Atman, your true personality, yeah. you understand the truth of who you are, the truth of this world. And we're going to cover that today, actually. Okay, thank you. Once you understand that truth, then you realize something higher, realize who you really are. That is the state of realization. So we're going to cover that today, actually. But I know what you're saying. And yes, even though you reach that state, you will still continue because you have vasanas. You're absolutely right. Because you have vasanas, you don't suddenly disappear. You don't suddenly die. You'll still continue whatever residual vasanas you have. But that's another chapter. Yeah. Any other questions? Yeah, come. So, what has a question? So, it's to do with the three states of consciousness. Yeah. Um, so, if I'm thinking of the dream sleep and the deep sleep state, that's quite subjective. Yeah, in a sense, I might have a deeper sleep than you. I might have a. I, I will have different dreams from you. So we all experience different dreams, different depths of deep sleep. But the waking state, we're all experiencing that same state. We're all going through COVID. We're all going through lockdown. We're, each and every single one of us, although we react differently to it, are experiencing the same state at the same time for the same number of hours as mm -hmm. such. So it's really challenging to understand, to think that these states are not real because that's what you're teaching us here. Okay. So am I right in saying your question is you can't understand, like you, you can't fathom the fact that these states are not real? Because yeah, you're saying that the dreamer can't understand the waking state yeah. um, because he's in that state. Yeah. Yeah. But as a waker, we're all experiencing the same thing. So therefore, mm. how can masses think that the state is not real? Because everything is telling us it's real. Okay. Let me ask you a question then. Who is it real for? All of us who are awake. Who is the who is it real for? All of us who are awake. The waker. Yeah. Yeah. All for everyone who's a waker, this world is real. Yeah. And we all experience the same weather if we're living in England, 
the same climate, same everything, same government, everything is the same for us. Who? The waker. This world is real to the waker, just as the dream world is real to the dreamer. And of course, yes, it is real for the waker, just as the dream world is real for the dreamer. They're all three different states. And this is the difference. They're all three different states. But what? Sorry, <laughs> we're having a domestic here. <laughs> no, no, but a dreamer experiences different dreams. You will not have the same dream as me. We all experience different dreams. But this waking state is the same for everyone. You're absolutely wrong, but it isn't. The waking state is different for everyone. When I say these words, all of you react differently to those words. It means something different to all of you because all of you are different. So everyone is not experiencing the same thing. If it's zero degrees outside, one person says, I'm really cold. The other person says, what are you talking about? I don't feel cold. You're all experiencing different things in the waking world. And you're all experiencing different things based on your vastness. So yes, the waking world is the same for all of us, but we're all experiencing different worlds, different waking worlds. Based on our mind, so your mind, so the world. You project your own world. You know that. Everyone projects their own world. So the situation is the same, but it's our reaction. It's our reaction. We all behave differently. Because we are all different people. We may be experiencing the same thing. But our reactions are all different. Yeah. Your dreams are different from my dreams. Because your vastness are different. Does, does that make sense to everyone, what she was asking? It's, it's a fair question. Um, and it's a question that many people ask. You know, why is it feel, we've got COVID-19 at the moment. It affects all of us. Yes, but it affects different people in different levels. Some people are not even worried about it. They don't wear masks, they're walking around. What COVID? It's a conspiracy theory. Different. But COVID-19 is there. Some people don't leave their house, haven't left their house for a year. Different behavior based on your vastness. So that's why we all behave differently. Is that okay? Yeah. Is that everyone okay with that? So self-realized person, what qualifies a, self a person who's self-realized? What is is state. What makes a person self-realized? Any idea? This was last week we covered. How do you become a self-realized person? Now, one who has realized the Supreme Self, Atman. One who has removed his vastness, his desires, He's gone beyond the three states of consciousness. Deep sleep, dream, waking state. He's gone beyond that. 
and he's now reached that fourth state through meditation, become one with the reality that is someone who self-realized. You no longer identify with your personality, your body, your mind, or the intellect. Become all-knowing, all-pervading, all-powerful. Meaning you understand everything that needs to be understood in life. And we also stated that the waking, dream, and deep sleep are all conditioned consciousness. Pure consciousness, plus the gross, subtle, and causal bodies becomes the waker, dreamer, and deep sleeper. These are all conditioned consciousness. The fourth state is no conditioning, pure state. We go through these three states entire life until we die. And we only know these relevant states. Any questions? In each state, you reject the other two states. Each one has its own relative virtual reality. Different experiences. The I is the only thing that goes through all these three states, pure consciousness. You say, I am the waker, I am the dreamer, I am the deep sleeper. All three different people, all three different states, but the I is the same. That is the pure consciousness. We gave the example, water conditioned by cola becomes Pepsi. Water conditioned by orange becomes Fanta. We take the flavor out, it becomes pure water again. So in the same way, the I is the conditioned states, conditioned by the three states. Take away those three states, you have the pure consciousness. Does that make sense? Tamash? Yeah. Sorry, I have one question. Yeah, please. Is it? I've been thinking about this for a while. Yeah. The reason we're here is because we've got desires. So, isn't the, the reason where reason where where on the on, on we're here? Or, or, in this world. Yeah. Okay. So, isn't it the desires the most powerful part of us? Because they're the one who bring us, brought us here. The, the self, it just sits there. It doesn't interact or it does nothing with us. It's just a battery, yeah. essentially. Absolutely. But maybe we got it wrong. Maybe the desire is, is the power source for us. Desire is the power source. But it's like, it's like you know, we, we give this example of electricity. It's like electricity, yeah? It has no meaning unless you plug in something to power to a gadget or something for it to work. You pull out a motor and you're saying, okay, it's because of the electricity, this motor is working. Now, how big the motor is, the more powerful it will be, but electricity is the same. So that's the role the Atman plays, the self plays in your life. So your vasanas are separate, different. You are what your vasanas, your desires are. 
One person is more powerful than another. More powerful Vastmans, just as there's a more powerful batch, more powerful motor. So it is your desires that propels this life. That is why it is desires that you need to remove to go back to your proper personality or the self. Does that, does that make sense, Hermes? Clarify. It's very important that we all understand where we are right now before we move on to today's class. Otherwise, you'll just get more confused. So even if the whole class, we just ask questions and clarify, it's fine. Because, um, you know, if I start talking about how the world is an illusion, you'll, you'll, you'll be like, what? what's going on? <laughs> is that okay, Karmash? That's the role that the self plays and the role that your vastness play in your life. Megna, did you have a question? Anybody else has any clarifications? So self-realized person who has realized the self, meaning he shedded his vastness, as Dharmesh said, vastness that's propelling him in this life. He shedded those. So when he's got to that state, what is his character? Well, he shows universal love. He has endless knowledge. He's self-sufficient. He needs nothing in life. These are his traits. We said how it was very difficult for us to understand these traits, these qualities, because we need to have some of these qualities. Otherwise, we can't understand them. Bear is universal love. How can we understand universal love? We don't even, we don't even, even love people nearest to us. How can we understand universal love? We said his power is completely unselfish, compassionate, no ego, no self-centered desires. Works towards a higher ideal in life. So we have to drop our ego. Have to drop our ego. Nobody appreciates it. When we have an ego, nobody appreciates it. But we still carry on. I know. Do you know who I am? Look at my car. Look at my house. How dare you talk to me like that? Do you know who I am? That's our ego. So he has no ego, self-realized person. So that's what we covered last week, those two qualities, his power yeah, and his intrinsic being. Any questions before we discuss his love? Anonym, you okay? Okay. So, Self-realized person, what's his love, his quality of his love? Who does he love? Who doesn't he love? A normal person, me and you, all of us, has our love has a limited boundary. And we'll discuss that now. Ravi, is it yourself who's reading? Yeah. His love. The love that people claim to possess is restricted to the area they identify with. 
Beyond that area, they engender bitterness, hatred. The area of identification starts with a dot, increases in concentric circles, only to get lost in this boundless, infinite expanse. Could you please share the um, diagram? Yep. So we're going to have a diagram and then I'll, we'll talk over that and read the next paragraph. Can everyone see that? So, identification love. That is the one. How, how, where does your love extend to? Oneself, the center. You love yourself, and that's it. No one else. Everything you do is catered to your needs, and that's it. You may even sacrifice your own family for your own selfish needs. Throughout your whole life, you're selfish to all others. That's the center, the dot in between, in the middle. You may know a person like this. So this is the lowest level. You love yourself and nobody else. And you'll do anything just for yourself. Next level, family. You love your family. You do everything for your own family. That's it. Your boundary of affection and love does not go beyond that. It doesn't go beyond your own family. All others you don't care about. In fact, there's competition, conflict between you and other families. It even be, mean between your own brothers and sisters' families. There's competition. My son is in Oxford, where's your son? No identification, no love or affection beyond your own family. Next circle, love for your community. You love yourself, you love your family, and you love your community. So identify with the members of your community. You have a relationship, an understanding with everyone in the community. There's a friendship. Where does this identification come from, anyone? Community. Why do you love your community? Just speak up, yeah, because I can't see any of you. I can only see the diagram. You love your community. Any ideas? Sense of belonging. Sense of belonging, yeah. Security. So, yeah, absolutely. But what identifies with you and your community? What makes it your community? Your interactions with them. Your identification with them. You have an understanding, relationship, and that relationship may be based on the same religion. Might be based on the same area you guys came from abroad. There's an identification. Other communities, there's no identification. You love your community. In fact, you may even hate other communities or dislike other communities because there's no identification. These people come from the same area in my country. So I can relate to them. 
These people come from a different area, I can't relate to them. So you love your community. Next level of love. All of us are in one of these circles, by the way. You have to work out where you are. The person who may identify with his country. I love all Indians. I love all English people. All others I have no feelings for. Shows hatred or dislike to anyone else or any other species. I only like people from England. Only like Americans. Then next stage, humanity. Loves all human beings, but not any other species. He eats other species. There's no identification with any other species, but human beings. Once again, there's a boundary. I love all human beings. Chicken, I eat them. I eat them. No identification of animals. And then the next level, all beings. Loves all beings, all living beings, animals, human beings, color, creed, doesn't matter. So these are all the different levels of identification of love that all of us have. We all fall in one of these categories. Ravi, can you um, read the next paragraph, please? I've just explained it, but we can read it. The lowest, meanest character confines his love to the dot, to his own personality, no more. He is selfish to the core. In his lifetime, he caters to his welfare only. He does not even at the expense of his family. His love starts and ends with his personality. The next grade of humans moves up to the first circle defined by one's family. A person in this category pours out love for the members of his family. He cares for their welfare, serves and sacrifices for them alone. His love stops there. He does not extend beyond the circumference of the domestic circle. All other families, save his presence, a competition, conflict, bitterness. Higher than his candor is the individual who identifies with the larger circle, his community. His love reaches beyond the family to embrace the members of his community. His interest is confined to this boundary. Within his circle, he feels a sense of fraternity and friendship. That is his limit of love. Beyond the limit, he engenders hatred, jealousy, and other negative feelings. Thus does love reach further to the citizens of his country, to humanity, to all living creatures, Yet the love in all these cases is confined to its area, but turns bitter beyond its boundary. Thank you. So there is a person, a self-realized person, 
what do you think he loves? Thank you for the um, diagram. Sure. We can take that off, thank you. Did everyone understand uh, Danish? Please. He has no boundaries because he recognizes the self in everything. Person identifies with love, a person who self-realizes has no boundaries. Totally unselfish. He loves all beings, all animals. He loves everything. The trees, the flowers, everything. Purest form of love. No conditioning, no alteration. Why? As Dharma said, because he understands everything in this world, all beings, all animals, everything is one, is Brahman. He identifies with that, the enlivening factor in everything. He doesn't look at the material layers. Is this person, what is this person, how is this person, how is this animal, this snake bites, this tiger bites, poisons. He's not worried about all that. He only identifies with the enlivening factor the spirit within everything. Murray, can you read the last paragraph, please? Far above all these conjures lies the divine love of a self-realized soul. In him, there is no trace of selfishness. His identification, attention, interest is everywhere and nowhere in particular. His love has no boundary, no division or demar demarcation, no limitation. It is love in its purest form with no qualification or modification. He understands, as we said, everything is the same. The Atman in me is the Atman in all beings. So you need to check where are you in this circle? It doesn't matter where you are, but be aware of it. Try and increase it. Increase that circle of identification. Try and reach the outer circle. Then you love all beings, all animals, everything in the world. Remember, you don't recall, you, he doesn't want anything back in return. You just, give, you just pour out this love outwards. Right now, your state of mind is relative to the circle you identify with. Now, the more smaller the circle you identify with, the more you are agitated, worried, anxious, full of stress. Remember that. The smaller the, your circle, the more you are agitated. The more stressful. The larger the circle of identification, the more peaceful, happy you are. Any ideas? Why? Yeah, Meghna. Is it because you're not thinking about yourself or your desire, your own desire? Yeah, absolutely. What else? The smaller the circle, the more agitated you are. Just, I mean, I got just, <laughs> sorry, I just read. Just <laughs> bin. No, Nikisha. Uh, I think also uh, the more outwards you go, the more uncomfortable you're in a more uncomfortable zone. 
consciousness. The greater, the larger the circle, the more unselfish you are. Meaning, you're, as you're not catering to your own needs, as Nikisha said, you're not catering to your own needs. You're only worried about other people's needs. And that in itself brings you happiness and peace. See, when you do for others, you, you sense a sort of joy, happiness, peaceful inside you. So you're increasing that. The more you think of yourself, the more selfish you are. The more selfish you are, the more paranoid you get, more agitated you get. So if you're in the center of the circle, you'll be mostly agitated. He said, she said, I want this. This is for me, nobody else. Who touched my thing? Agitated at every level. I don't care about none of you, just myself. So every level you're agitated. Does that make sense? Is it clear? Latiban, expand your circle of identification. Now, you don't need to show this love. People cannot, may not be able to receive that love. You see, you start saying neighbor, going to your neighbor, I, you know, I love you. I just came to this class, said I need to say, expand myself. I, I love you all. They'll think you're mad. It's an internal feeling. Yeah, it's an internal feeling. You may behave the same way with people, but internally you don't mean any negative. You have to behave with people in a certain way based on their nature, but internally, you're calm, happy, you love them. You see the difference? Because you'll be more happy and peaceful if you show that. So at every stage, you're agitated. Any questions? So that's love. What we need to we have to try and aspire to. Emma, are you okay? Good. His knowledge. What is a self-realized soul's knowledge compared to us, our knowledge? So, um, Thomas, read this, and I'll, I'm going to explain it line by line. Yeah. I mean, Ravi, sorry, please read it. And then, sorry. His knowledge. Brahman, the supreme God, is all-pervading. Brahman alone exists, nothing else. That is your real self. You know not yourself. The ignorance of self projects the world, just as ignorance of rope projects a illusionary snake so is this world illusory stemming out of your ignorance hence all knowledges pertaining to the world spring from the base of ignorance even the greatest scientific discovery and invention are within the realm of ignorance vis-a-vis -vis the absolute knowledge of self preeminent scientists have declared that their findings are relative, not absolute. 
The self alone is absolute, real. The world is relative, unreal. The self realized has found his, tr his truth. Is established in the knowledge of the self, knowledge of Brahman, absolute knowledge. Spiritual. What's this paragraph saying? Thank you. What's this paragraph saying? Any ideas? Think about it. What is this paragraph saying? Yeah, Thomas. It's saying that the only truth is the self. Everything else is illusionary. And what seems real is still an illusion, but you must recognize that. And once you recognize it, you understand the self is the only real thing in the world. Okay. Very good. See, now, Dharmasha said basically what this paragraph means. But understanding this paragraph is completely different. If you understand this, what this paragraph is saying, your jaw would drop. You would stop in your tracks, whatever you're doing right now, and take a step back if you understood the gravity of this paragraph. Um, so I'm going to explain it to you line by line. Stop me anytime if you need to clarify. Saying self-realized soul's knowledge. What is his knowledge? Brahman, the supreme God, is all-pervading. He's everywhere. Brahman alone exists, nothing else. That is your real self. We've already said that. You are the self, not this body-mind-intellect. But you know not yourself. And because you don't know yourself, you're ignorant of the self, meaning you have no knowledge of the self. Ignorance in spirituality means lack of knowledge. It doesn't mean anything in the English language when someone says you're ignorant, people get upset. Yeah? Ignorance means lack of knowledge, nothing else. So you know not yourself. And this ignorance of self projects the world. Now, let's explain this more, more detail. A boy is playing in the garden. Listen, to, listen carefully. A boy is playing in the garden. He sees something in the grass. He runs back to his mum or dad, says, Mum, mum, I saw a snake. Really? Where? In the garden, the grass. I saw a snake. I'm so scared. Really? How long was this snake? Six foot long. How thick was it? Four inches. And what color was it? Brown. Oh my God, let's go and have a look at this snake. Boy is scared. He goes, takes his mum. And the mum says, this is the snake, it's a rope. The rope is brown, six foot long, four inches thick. This is only a rope, it's not a snake. What 
caused the agitations in the boy? What made him scared? Think about it. The boy sees a snake, he runs back, scared. What made him see the snake? Anita. Uh, is it his illusion, what he perceives that he sees? Yeah. Right, you're halfway there. Anybody else? Yeah, Damish. His lack of understanding of what he sees. Yeah. More specific. You're all right. Milam? Oh, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> but, I mean, is it something to do with his senses contacting the object and the emotion that it created? I don't know. You're all complicating this. It's quite simple. Nikisha? Uh, his lack of knowledge. His ignorance of the rope. His ignorance of the rope. The mother had knowledge of the rope. She was not scared. But the boy didn't have the knowledge of the rope. So he saw a snake. Does that make sense to everyone? The boy is ignorant of the rope. And because of that ignorance, it projects the snake. The rope does not project the snake. The rope is a rope. It's the boy's ignorance of the rope that projects the snake. There's an illusion of the snake because of his ignorance. The minute the boy gets knowledge of the rope, what happens? The minute the boy gets knowledge of the rope, what happens? Yeah, Dharmesh? His illusion breaks. He's no longer scared. He knows it's not a snake, it's a rope. So, does everyone understand this example, first of all, before we move on? Everyone have any understand this example? Yeah, everyone clear? Okay, good. So what this paragraph is saying, we are all seeing the world because of our ignorance of Brahman, because of our ignorance of the self. One minute, Bhattivan. Because we're ignorant of Brahman, we have projected this world. The world that we see comes from our ignorance. Lack of understanding of the self, knowledge of the self. So we are all seeing this world because we don't have the knowledge of Brahman. Patiya. Now, Vanita, Vanita has been wanting to say something. Sorry, She's been. It's okay. You answered the question. When you said it's illusion, isn't it? It's exactly what you're saying is what we are stuck in until we can oh. see. Now you know why you're stuck. 
because you don't have knowledge of the self, your true personality. You're ignorant of that knowledge. So anything that is happening in the world is the realm of ignorance. We just found COVID vaccination. Where? In that ignorance, in that illusion. Even the greatest scientific discovery, invention are within the realm of what? The illusion. This world isn't real, this thing. It's your ignorance of the self. This world is Brahman, self. But because you're, you don't have knowledge of that, you see the world. This is what they're saying. You go and mastermind, your specialist subject, the world. What meaning does that have? Anything to do with a snake has no meaning, right? Because it's not a snake, it's a rope. The minute the boy finds out that it's a rope, he's no longer agitated, he's no longer scared. He, in fact, picks up the rope and starts playing with it. So this person who has knowledge of the self, Brahman, that is real knowledge compared to any knowledge in the world. So he has real knowledge. All our knowledge is all part of this world. Just like all knowledge the boy has is of the snake. There's no meaning. Even Einstein said, all my findings, knowledge is relative. Meaning there's no absolute. He has no idea what's beyond. It's all relative to this world. Self-realized person knows the truth. Has true knowledge. Any questions? Megna, does that make sense? Deepa's head is exploded, she said. <laughs> they get plaster. No, this should shock you. This should make you think, make you like question. This is what people who have reached that state are saying. Hey, you guys, you don't know what you're talking about. Very deep, this knowledge. You have to think about it. It shakes you up if you understand it. Everything that's happening in the world right now to you has no meaning. This is what they're saying. No meaning whatsoever. Who are the questions? Ravi. Understanding or trying, obviously, for a self-realized person or having the knowledge to the extent if I'm right in saying that, because you see the all-being in everyone, you know it's the same constant that's running through everyone, so you should have no effect. I think mentally, if you limit yourself, yet again, when we go back to saying this lifetime, if you know it's a constant and it's always moving and, and you're part of the one, then hence, like as you said, as the boy realised, he started playing with the rope. So as soon as you realise that, you have no real... You know, you're not afraid because you're moving. You know there's no end to it. You're just constantly moving. And secondly, anyone that you come across or you 
work with or you deal with relationship, you reflect that it's a part of that constant anyway. All right. Absolutely. Nilam, you asked in the beginning, how does a person react, behave after he reaches that state in the world because he still has vastness? Now you have an idea. He has the real knowledge of what, what, this, what this is. So how is he going to behave? He's, not, he's going to be unaffected by anything. Any clarifications? Any questions? Okay, let's finish the last paragraph and uh, we'll discuss it in a bit more detail if anyone has questions. Spiritual ignorance is the cause of all sorrow in the world. There is only one way to eradicate sorrow and establish enduring peace and happiness in life. That is to install, instill the knowledge of the inner self, the knowledge of the absolute reality. So, you see, you see the snake, you're scared. If you get knowledge that actually it is a rope, you won't be scared anymore, will you? What's there to be scared of? It's a rope. Now you see the world, you're involved in the world, everything agitates you, bothers you. When will my child get married? When will I pay my mortgage off? Any issues in your life? You're agitated. All these worries because of spiritual ignorance. One minute, Niksha. This is the reason for all your sorrow in the world. Instill the knowledge of the self, your true personality. You start, you, you find true happiness in your life. Because you have you have an understanding of what's real and what isn't. Thank you, sir. Um, I was going to ask, do you think that it's harder, not harder, but do you think that some people are caught up in some, I would say like culture and community more, and then therefore finding this kind of truth is like burdening that to get to that point. Everyone's journey is different. Everyone's journey is different. Everyone's in a different place, different state. Yeah. Um, this knowledge is meant for everyone, but everyone may not be ready for it. So it's hard to explain, but everyone's in a different life cycle. You are here. You tell somebody else, they have no idea what you're talking about. They don't want to know. It doesn't interest them. They're more in the world. Only thing that interests them is what worldly things. How can you explain this to someone who has no interest? Don't think you're mad. Go and tell your friends at work, oh, this world's an illusion. I learned that on Sunday's class. They'll say, well, what's wrong with Go and get the straight jacket. <laughs> How can you explain? So all these worries because of spiritual ignorance. So you go on this journey of self-discovery, coming to these classes, finding about the reality that is this world. The effect is things that happen to you in the world no longer affect you. 
slowly your ignorance starts being removed with knowledge. This is what you're gaining. You're gaining knowledge of the reality which is defacing your ignorance. And as you get a bit of knowledge, a bit of ignorance is removed. As you get a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more ignorance is removed. And as you go on this journey, you're less affected by anything that happens in the world. And therefore you become happier, peaceful. It's just like you gain knowledge of the, of the rope, the snake does not affect you anymore. Just so, same way, you're getting knowledge of the self, the world does not affect you anymore. So now you may think, how many people reach this state, the self-realization? The answer may be, well, one in a generation, maybe. One out of seven billion, maybe. So then you say, why am I wasting my time here? I have no chance. What's, why should I bother waking up Sunday morning, listening to this bakwas? The thing is, for you to deal with all issues in your life, no matter how big the problems, you only need maybe 5-10% of this knowledge. That's all you need. Tiny bit of this knowledge. Put in the right effort with that knowledge you've gained, your life changes. All your problems go away. Meaning, they don't go away. They're there, but your approach is completely different. They don't affect you anymore. You deal with it. Oh, this is my cause and effect. I've got to deal with this. That is passing. Let's see what else I need to deal with. Let me deal with this best I can. Something else will come along. But, you know, I'm in the waking world. I'm the waker. I have vasanas. I've got to deal with my cause and effect. In all my past lifetimes, everything I've done, I've got to deal with it right now. But, you know, I'm going to strive so that I don't come back to deal with anymore. So you're going in the right direction. You're gaining more knowledge. You're removing that ignorance. And as you go along this path, you develop more and more. Nothing bothers you. You'll be like peaceful and happy. That's the snake does no longer bother you. You're no longer scared of the snake because it doesn't exist. Any clarifications? Any questions? You, like I said, read it, think about it, listen to the podcast again a few times. That this portion. It will sink in slowly. I probably have to read it a hundred times, study it. And every time I read it again, I get deeper and deeper meaning of it. You know, if you have any issues in your life right now, read this paragraph a few times. Listen to what the explanation is. Those troubles will go away. Even right this minute. Whatever you're feeling will go away. Whatever your trouble will go away. have a clear understanding. Okay. Any questions? That's the group. Any questions? Is, is it clear to everyone? Does it everyone understand this concept briefly? Just basic understanding. I don't expect a deep understanding, but a basic understanding. I can't explain it any clearer than that. Yes, she learned. Okay, today you showed me the diagram, and it's it's uh, 
I've come up across a couple of uh, paragraphs that I'm, I'm reading as well. And I don't know if it's related to what we're going through today, but I feel uh, it's really touched me. And I'm just going to read, it's just two, three uh, small, small paragraphs. Uh, this body is a means of moksha, not merely the means of indulgence, incense pleasures, rare and perishable. This body is not repeatedly attained. Personal and family activities are only for the sustenance of the body. They are not the ultimate objective of this human birth. This body has been received to eradicate all flaws, attained the Brahmic state and offer devotion. All this is certainly attained by practicing satsang. That's there, therefore, Mumuksha should always practice satsang. Satsang means knowledge. You gain this knowledge, you become wise of what's real and what isn't. And with that knowledge, you use your physical body, mind, intellect to bypass that by through meditation and reach that state. That's exactly what is that uh, paragraph is saying, which is what we've discussed up to this state, this stage in this book. So you use your physical, mental, intellectual personality to bypass that, which is best actually in our next, um, uh, next class, we'll be discussing that. So Sil has a question. So you said, um, the ignorance. So my lack of knowledge projects the world. What causes my lack of knowledge? What causes why, why am I... So why was the boy ignorant? What caused his ignorance of the rope? What causes ignorance? What caused his ignorance? What causes ignorance of the snake? Identifications. Lack of knowledge. Knowledge, anything else? I think I had something similar to say uh, because the boy hadn't perhaps, you know, his knowledge is that a snake is where you would expect it, maybe in, in the grass or somewhere like that. So he had a preconceived knowledge that there might be a snake and that's his first thought. It's a fight and flight thing. And he thought that's something, a danger to him. So it's a lack of knowledge that way. And I think that's what probably caused the knowledge. But the other, other observation I wanted to also make is that this lack of knowledge, you know, that we're now gaining is also a bit of like a fight and flight and it can offer probably help us in our daily life to um, in different situations. Yeah. So the lack of, you know, the knowledge is helping us in that way. But the rope thing and the snake thing, sometimes because the boy didn't know what, you know, that you, that there could be a rope that's found there. His first thought, maybe whatever was going on in his head is the snake rather than the rope. See the immediate reaction the mind reacts you know, someone says something to you, react. The mind is reactive. Yeah. You see something on the grass, you automatically think the worst for some reason. If your mind is in that way inclined. A boy's mind is young, you know. 
he is not developed, he immediately just sees danger. Who knows, he may have seen a TV program the day before, you know, uh, showing snakes and things, and it may be in his mind and he automatically thought, oh, it's a snake. You know? So anything's possible, but the fact of the matter is, he didn't have knowledge that it was a rope. Hence, he saw a snake. His mind projected a snake. So there's no answer to what you're saying, to asking. Or not, the ignorance is the ignorance. A person could be 100% ignorance. You were, some of you may have been 100% ignorance on the knowledge of the self before you came to any of these classes. Yeah. Now you have a small percentage of knowledge of this. The boy, once he was shown the rope, he had knowledge of the rope. We're not all knowing. We don't have knowledge of everything. Even in the world, we don't have knowledge of everything. No, she's not all right with that. Is the example, so for example, the boy, somebody points out it's not a snake and it's a rope. And that, in that one, one instance, he understands that. The next day, he might see the same rope hanging somewhere and he'll think it's the snake again. So what I'm saying is if, if we're thinking about that example with knowledge of the self, why is it, I've got knowledge today, right now I'm sitting in class and I'm thinking, yeah, this world is an illusion, you know, I know that, you know, but I'm ignorant of the self and that's what's causing this. I walk out into the room, somebody says something to me, in that instance it's all forgotten. Yeah. And I'm back to this waking world of agitation and I'm not able to hold on to this knowledge where actually it's all an illusion and nothing should matter, so therefore don't be affected. Mm -hmm. Why? I think you Why and all can of us. I not hold on to it? You and all of us. Hang on, there's a few hands here. Uh, Damish. The, the simplest answer is, is because you don't actually know yourself. So <laughs> to actually connect with yourself, every connection you or every interaction you have with the world is illusional is the real answer to that we, we know that the self exists but till you actually connect with the self we question each illusion we have uh, I think it's a lot of doubt when we have doubt in us and fear although you have the knowledge if you have the doubt and fear it's once you eradicate that, then you will identify it. Anybody else wants to answer that question? Why does she forget as the minute she leaves this room after this class is over? Megna. Is it that over time, your intellect needs to become available to you at that point? So your mind is still quite reactive, um, which means that there's the, the strength of that intellect isn't there just yet. And as you strengthen the intellect, the next time you do sort of walk into that room and, and something happens, it won't trigger you because your mind isn't gonna just 
sort of flare off because your intellect is available for you to deal with that situation. So it's just as time goes on, just strengthening your intellect towards that. Anybody else? Um, Herbie? I, I also, I mean, I know we're using the word delusion, but at the end of the day, we're, we're projecting um, our, like, you know, if, if I'm from a negative perspective, I'm seeing everything negative. You know, if someone's approaching me with good intentions, I will still look out for and be wary or, you know, be scared that they, you know, they're going to be, you know, they're out to harm me in a certain way. So it is more of a projection of your mind that you see and perceive. And as you said, if your intellect, if you pause and you think, well, okay, gives yourself time to ascertain the situation, then you overcome it quicker. So it is, as um, I think Megna said, it's having that intellect available at that moment in time, but it's all to do with your perception at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah absolutely right. Anybody else? I don't know. Yeah, is it also about, you know, we have, um, if our personality is and recognizing that we are more reactive in certain situations, then um, applying, you know, what is application, right? At the end of the day, and then keep thinking, bringing that back to my, our mind in those situations, reminding ourselves how to act differently. And maybe that needs working upon. It's what Megna and Ravi said, the intellect's not there. Your mind is reactive. Yeah. It's controlling that reaction. Um, it happens, yeah. You, say you, have, you want to add something to it? Anybody else? See, the boy... Sorry, anyone, was there anyone else? Sorry, it back on. It's uh, is it? It can be based on obviously the fear as well, isn't it? Because that fear of maybe like with the the rope, the fear that it's something else, the fear of not knowing beyond what it can be as well, isn't it? The fear of not seeing beyond this illusion, that is what causes agitations. That's what causes the confusion. The, the 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 fear that embedded in us it's like the child may like you said have seen something and it causes a fear but even in us there is the fear that we can't accept there is something beyond that absolutely you're all correct to a certain point the child as Sittal asked the child may go in the garden next day and see the same rope and think oh no it's a snake again two reasons one his mind is reactive and he sees the snake again. But this time around, he may not be as scared. He may go and check it out because he has partial knowledge. What he doesn't have is wisdom. Difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge you have. Wisdom you need to work on. You need to develop. You need to understand. You need to study. Until you live by it, that is wisdom. You may have knowledge, but doesn't mean you're living by it. Doesn't mean you understand it. You can quote that knowledge to anyone and think, wow, this person is something big. But you're not living by it. It's not wisdom. And that's the difference. The minute you walk out this room and you go in the kitchen and you get agitated, it's because you've got the knowledge, but you don't have the wisdom to apply that knowledge, to live by that knowledge. That's why you get affected. That's why the mind reacts. The intellect's not strong enough. The wisdom's not there. And that's the difference. 
So until that boy gets wisdom that actually it's a rope, or it could be a rope, he will always be affected. He may be less affected every time. He may say, oh, hang on, yesterday my mom told me, showed me it's a rope, maybe it's a rope again. He may go and check it out. He has partial knowledge. He may have partial wisdom now. Once he has wisdom, he'll see it, he'll kick it and carry on walking because he knows it's a rope. He'll be what even affected. He'll be picking it up and showing you, says, hey, look, it's a snake. <laughs> you know, he's past that stage. So similarly, once you have this knowledge, you understand what this world is, you're less affected by it. You take everything in your stride. Whatever happens, okay. And you deal with it the best way you can without being affected. Any other questions before we log off? Uh, Magna. I was going to say, just to add to your point, that there's that element of conditioning as well, where you're sort of undoing what you think you already know to get to a point of not knowing. And then you have that not knowing or that lack of knowledge forward from there as well. So you're sort of every, like with the example, the boy knows that anything sort of long that size would be a snake, despite where it is or in whatever situation he's experienced it in. So he's sort of undoing that. It's not always going to be a snake because that's what he's been told or taught. And then it's thinking, okay, what can it be then? You're already conditioned by what you think this world is or how people are. That's your own conditioning. You know, as Nikisha, you said, you know, relatives, people, family, community, whatever, uh, whatever they believe in, that's all that conditioning. You see, now you can't explain these things because you have to decondition them first from what they think they know before you can tell them what the reality is. See, you're all partially deconditioned. That's why you can understand what I'm saying. Otherwise, you'll be saying, yeah, I disagree with you. I believe it's this. I believe it's that because of your conditioning. Automatically, you'll say that. It's not your fault because it's your conditioning. You've been brought up that way. So it takes so long to decondition. And then you can, then this knowledge you understand. You, know, you have to be fairly open to it, fairly objective to it. Only then you can understand it or even, you know, accept it. Any other clarifications, Shilavan? Yeah, it's 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 silly that uh, we're talking of the snake. People are still scared of mice and uh, spiders, even if they now see it, they'll still run away. You know, they jump on the chair. We know it's that it will see us and it it will run away. But we run away because our mind is like that. We understand state of mind. We react because we don't have understanding. We don't have wisdom. So the ultimate wisdom, the ultimate knowledge is. Only the self is real, nothing else exists. Yeah. This world, this illusion, this maya is the self. It exists because of the self, because of Brahman. It is Brahman. Everything is Brahman. Everything's God, everything's self. But we choose not to see it as that because of our ignorance. We see it as the world, we see what it is not and this is our problem this is our conditioning 
So this knowledge helps you to decondition that. And you see, you start seeing things for what they are. See, that's why the sages, they go to the Himalayas and they have no care in anything of the world. Why do they want to be caught up in all this unnecessary illusion? They understand it's an illusion. Why do I want to get caught up in this? Okay. Any other questions? So think about it. Think about it. It will, the penny won't drop until you think about it. Yeah, Ravi. Just, um, just it, I found there was a film, I don't know if anyone's seen it, called Lucy. Um, I watched it quite a few years ago and found it quite entertaining and that was it. Then I watched it after, obviously, the classes and that. And actually, that gives you a, quite a different way of looking at a self-realized person. So quite entertaining at the time, but it does actually get a good message across. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> I agree with you totally. It gives you some idea of what we're talking about here. All the matrix. Yeah. All the matrix. So I could never understand it. But anyway, <laughs> I've been meaning to watch it again. <laughs> you know, these films, you know, I, I can, uh, Christopher Nolan, and they're, they're all reading these books, you know, and then they're making movies out of this. You know, even, um, what's that film? Avatar. Uh, Avatar. Avatar. Yeah, he's read about reincarnation. You know, and then he's made a movie. So, a lot of these films, you'd be surprised, it's from our philosophy. Yes, yes. Realize it because instead of avatar, it's avatar. So, we think, what's this new film? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. We can sign off. Any other clarifications, questions? We need to find out about next week. Are we having class? Are we not having class? Um, it's, uh, normally I would say no, but um, please, it's up to the group because of Christmas. Yeah, Damesh? We had a class on Diwali and uh, sorry, New Year's Day. Oh, uh, yeah, we did. So, what difference does Christmas make? Not it's a debate. <laughs> this is uh, this isn't philosophy. We're not studying philosophy here, yeah. Who wants to have a class next week? And that's the only question. <laughs> the question okay. is, do you Ravi, want to have can you, a class? Can you handle this, Ravi? Yeah, you but what about you, Anikitpa? What do you, would you like? Because you also get for your rest in that. But I'll otherwise, cancel. I'd be happy. Boris has cancelled my Christmas, so I've got no. <laughs> I've got nothing to uh, do next week now. But, so well, then we may as well build on our wisdom then. <laughs> of hands of yes. Okay, why don't you put up your hands? Who, uh, of all the people I can see, who wants class next week? Okay, I think um, we will cancel class next week. Listen to the podcast. Yeah, time to reflect. Use that time to reflect, contemplate, think. Because we need a break from that, from classes to be able to think. Yeah. yeah. Don't, okay. don't um, just think it's a, it's a break, yeah? yeah. Use that time to listen, podcast, or read the book and think about it. And you will get just as much. Because what we've, dis what we've discussed today and last Sunday is quite deep, and you really need some thinking. 
then we'll start again fresh the week after. So no class next Sunday. I'm going by the show of hands, by the way, yeah? Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. You may not be able to see, so no class next Sunday. But as I said, don't take it as a break. Thank you. Okay, everyone. Have a Thank lovely you. Sunday.